Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Hello, everybody. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. What a great show today for leaders. I mean, when you think about the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, you know we bring leaders from all over the world on the show. And we love talking to leaders. And today we're going to talk to a leader about leadership and, of course, organizational development as well. And we've been able to Book Miss Julie Jacopic, and she, of course, is the CEO of I Lead Strategies. You've probably seen her on her podcast. You've probably seen her in various uh, organizations. She's a big time speaker. She gets brought out to talk about organizational development and leadership. And we're going to get into it all today. She has this great idea about something called the Nautilus. So you want to stay tuned for that as well. But Julie, before we get started, welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Andy. It's great to have you. Here we go. I mean, you're really a leader in leadership. And so many companies reach out to you. They say, hey, we need you and your team. We need some help with organizational development. We want our people to really work on all cylinders, fire on all cylinders, and you become really a go-to expert in that regard. But before we get started, Julie, let's pull the lens back like we always do, the 30,000 feet. Tell us about iLead Strategies, and then we're going to get into it. Cool, because I don't think anybody wakes up in the middle of the night going, I need an organizational developer. Um, They wake up in the middle of the night because their managers are quitting. And they wake up in the middle of the night because they have turnover. They wake up in the middle of the night because they have clients who need stuff and nobody to do it. They wake up in the middle of the night because their managers are trying to kill each other. Um, that's why they call, right? They, 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 they learn the term. Nobody wakes up in the middle of the night going, oh, I need an organizational development company. Um, yeah, I love crazy. it. I love it. They wake up in the middle of the night with challenges and problems and things that are keeping them up and they're, they're not firing on all cylinders. Of course, this organizational development idea comes later after they learn about it. What's the first conversation sound like when these leaders reach out to you? They say, we've heard about what you're doing. You're leading boldly. You're very inspirational. You know, you've mastered the art sort of a balance in this constant, you know, change that's going on in the world today. What's that first conversation with the leaders who call you sound like? A first conversation with a first time leader is I was talking to somebody else and they said I needed to call you because I was upset about Um, and they're pulling their hair out and they're frustrated. And I would love if they would call before that, right? Like in a perfect world, the ideal perfect conversation is I'm building this team. We're going to do new stuff. Let's be intentional about it. In truth, the world moves very fast and people 
start new projects. I mean, on one of my own projects, I've gone from 25 to from five to 25 in six months. That's bumpy, right? People, there's always new people. Nobody knows who's in charge of what. And there's enough chaos. And we live in a world that's not going to calm down. I got news for folks. Um, You know, somebody said to me something about like, hope things calm down in the new fiscal year. I I hope I get to a place where I don't care if they ever calm down because they're not calming down. There's, you know, there's there, the world is changing quickly and that's not going to change. And so what it requires of us is to adapt quickly. Um, You know, it isn't to build the perfect thing. It's to build the thing that's flexible enough um, and to, and to help people be comfortable with ambiguity. And usually that's the problem, right? People want certainty and we're not going to be able to give them certainty. Yeah, actually, that's actually, I don't think we're going to, we're going to have to give them guardrails. We're going to have to teach people how to cope with the fact that things are uncertain and what that might mean for how they lead their team and what that might mean for how more junior folks are approaching things. Um, I was interviewing a, a junior candidate yesterday for something and, um, And I remember being that person. And one of my new questions I ask everybody is how do you, how and when do you ask for help? Because they don't, because we taught them they're supposed to do everything all by themselves. Well, if you come to me in hour 39, I can't help you. If you come to me in hour 20, I got lots of ways I can help you. Right. Yeah, if you come to me it. at the last minute, there's not much I can do to fix anything except make you work too hard. There just isn't. If you come to me early, we got other people. We got ways to solve that problem. And and that's not what we we don't teach people to say they need help. We teach people to tough it out and then be really upset they have no work-life balance. So interesting you mentioned that because you know, everybody when you're out to dinner or you're walking around and, you know, a lot of people say, Hey, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. I can't wait for things to calm down. And what you're saying is, especially as an entrepreneur, things don't calm down. You really don't want them to calm down because then it's not entrepreneurship. Let's talk about this vision because, you know, you have a great team of entrepreneurs. Everybody there has a great spirit. When you sort of wake up in the morning and you think about, you know, how you're helping your clients, how you're helping your customers, these people that reach out to you sometimes in the 39th hour, you know, and they have that first conversation with you, Julie. What's the strategy? I mean, what's the process from there? How do you get them moving in the right direction after you have that first call and you start to understand what's going on within their organization? What does it look like for a company to sort of engage with iLead strategies? I think, you know, it's funny. I don't think of myself as being very risk averse because like we're entrepreneurs, we don't get to be, but I do ask about risk and that is where we start, right? Um, You know, I had the privilege of doing a TEDx talk and one of the things I talked about in that is this idea of what is actually a crisis because I think we get the adrenaline pumping and everything's a crisis and like, well, well, first of all, is anybody going to die? Very rarely is the answer to that question, yes. And if it is, then we got to fix that, right? Followed by anybody on their way to jail or losing their job. If we take those off the table, it's important. It's a pain. It's a problem. It's not actually a crisis. And so a lot of step one is let's step back and see what actually needs to be dealt with. 
what's going to happen in the next week, day, week, right? Short term, that's going to blow up and make it hard to do things. Let's fix that. Now let's get back. Now let's step back and get to the root of what's going on and figure out where those problems are. Because most of the time, you know, you don't reach out. It's not, it's not just young employees who don't reach out for help, right? Entrepreneurs don't like to spend, we don't like to spend money on things we don't think are real problems. We think we can do it all ourselves. By the time you ask for help, it feels huge. But it's usually about like, how do we take this apart? Let's fix the the real big things first. Yeah, um, I like it. I like that approach so much. You talk about that in the TED Talk, of course, Julie. And one thing that comes across very, very perfectly from, from, from you saying it to my mind and encompassing it into my heart and soul as an entrepreneur is, you know, compared to the death of a loved one or having a health problem, everything else in business really yeah, it's choppy water, but you can find these calm waters, you know, by navigating through the choppy waters, I guess you can say. And one thing that kind of came to mind uh, was this Nautilus idea that you have. And, you, you know, you call it your mascot and your icon. When I was a young man, I used to work out on these Nautilus machines. And it was like this brand new machine. And everybody liked it because it was very smooth. But at the end of it, you really got a great workout. So what's the Nautilus whole idea mean to you and your team, Julie? Um, two things. So, I mean, part of it is I, it's a shell and I love the beach, right? Like part of this is sort of the imagery of water for me is, a, is important. It's important for humans. There's a whole set of theory about the blue mind that we could talk about someday. But um, so some of it was, was that, but, you know, sort of the idea of big horizons and, um surfing waves but more importantly nautiluses if you don't know they're the they're the chambered shells that we find right and they have a spiral they are billions of years old they're older than cockroaches right like they are they are the oldest some of the oldest organisms on the planet and the way they work is they build the next so if you look at the chambers the animal lives in the chamber right before the last one building the next one And so they're always building forward into their next biggest space. And so it's a very, um, it's, it's methodical in a way and it's long-term survival. And my hope is that organizations we work with are here for the long haul and the leaders we work with are able to build. And, you know, usually those first conversations are like, let's clear the, let's clear the mess enough and then just one, I mean, a lot of it is one foot forward, one step at a time stuff. Sometimes I think there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of rocket science, right? Yeah, it's a lot of, of good, solid triage. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, they build forward, building forward. I can see that being the name of the next book that you're going to write or the next TED Talk about building forward. It's very interesting. And one thing, When we look at your background and we look at your company, you know, you look at things very uniquely in today's world. And one thing that we love about it is, you know, when you wake up in the morning, God willing, you're given 24 hours to do your thing. And you say you're only guaranteed, you know, one life. That's sort of the guarantee. 
right? And as an entrepreneur, it's the same thing. So for the younger entrepreneurs watching the show, what can you share with them based on your journey and the way in which you do your consulting and, and the way in which you run your practice with your team? Maybe some words of wisdom about what they can do today to move forward, like you had mentioned, like the Nautilus shelf. I do think, and I think it's old news now, right? This whole fail forward fast thing. Um, but fail forward fast. Uh, stop waiting to be ready. You never will think you are. I still don't. Uh, try it and fail. And learn it and do the next thing. I think um, a lot of the people I work with, particularly, you know, I work with a lot of nonprofit leaders who are in the business of serving folks who are in crisis. One of the things I have to remind them is that you're in the business of crisis. It's not going away. You have to be okay in that space. And entrepreneurship is a little bit like that, right? There's It's drinking through a fire hose and stop waiting to be ready, but also um, it's, it's that balance, right? It's, it's balancing stepping out and taking the risk of failing and not let, not wearing it. Right. It is. I, the thing I tried failed, not I failed. Right. Um, And, and yet not, not doing that in a foolish way. But most people who are not listening to this are not responsible for generating the income that covers what they do. And it terrifies them to have to do that. You got to get over that one. And then, I don't know, have fun. Like you get one life, do what you want to be doing. Um, You know, I say that and I, you know, I'm kind of, it's kind of interesting as I'm going through this hiring process right now, where I'm staffing a bunch of things up. Um, I don't do, I don't care. If you don't care, don't even spend my, don't waste your time interviewing with me because I'm not going to hire you and I will smell, smell it in a heartbeat. I don't do, I don't care. And and, and I sit here and my team works hard and they do life-changing things or, tr- or contribute to life-changing things. And it's important. And yet I have this claim that I want them to have work-life balance. I do. I want them to feel good about what they do. I want to build it so that they can do that. But don't do that. Like, if you don't care about the work we're doing, this isn't the place for you. Wow. You know, Julie, it's so interesting because I'm old. I'm an old guy. I mean, I'm older than you. I'm not much, we're in the same place. And, you know, when you say this, where you, where you actually talk to people and they have this, I don't care sort of idea or attitude or thought for the old guys like me and the old gals, you know, uh, you know, that are out there watching the show, we might not even understand that. What does that mean? I mean, they don't care. We can't even get our arms around that. What does that mean exactly? Well, I think there's a couple of pieces. I mean, people like to say it's generational. I actually think it's life stage. Um, have kids, have partners. You're going to care a little more, right? Um, but I also think who wants to spend their whole day doing things they don't care about? What a terrible way to spend your life. If you don't care about this, then go find something you do care about. Like don't spend your life doing stuff you don't care about. And sometimes that means like, I understand that if I were making French fries at McDonald's down the street, it might be really hard to care about French fries. Okay. I understand that it's a privilege to say that, but here's what I mean by it. Care about the people you work with. 
care about the customers you're serving, care about something about it. Because if you really don't care, it's not just bad for my business to have you here. It's a terrible way to live your life. Yeah, it really is right. And it's powerful that you say that because sometimes you look around and you say to yourselves, whether it's entrepreneurs or people, they just don't care. Maybe they don't care about themselves, but maybe care about something around you. And as an entrepreneur, especially you know a leader, we need to care about everything, right? I mean, we need to really look at everything that's going on because you know there are a lot of challenges as an entrepreneur. When you look at sort of a business and you unpack it and you look under the hood, do you find sometimes that there are certain areas that the leader is caring about less than other areas? Or do you find entrepreneurs care about everything, but they just can't get to it? Thinking for a second, because I think about like entrepreneurs as a class of business um, and they're not, and I, so I, I don't have the same answer for those two bodies of people. Um, I think entrepreneurs are often overwhelmed and running with whatever's right in front of their face. And it's very hard to step back and think about what you really need to be doing. And I struggle with it too. Sorry, still do. Um, and yet, if you don't, you spend all your time on the small details of small things and not the small details of the big things. And you miss opportunities. And when I think about small entrepreneurs who are starting out, some of that, like, and so oftentimes, at least a lot of the people I meet who are entrepreneurs are not people who wake up in the morning excited to sell stuff, right? They love what they do and they got to sell themselves to get to do it, right? And uh, they are masters of what I call fake busy. Uh, the long list of to-dos th- to that you're going to make your calls after you do the 800 things on your to-do list, except you did 400 and you added another two. And so you don't have to, you don't have time to do sales calls until tomorrow, except the only thing you actually need to be doing is sales calls, right? There's that problem. On the larger businesses, I think um, I, there's the tendency still to be doing the thing that has a fire extinguisher right now and miss the larger things. And I can think back to, he'd probably kill me to claim that he was a mentor because he thinks of us as peers, but I don't. Uh, I was a an analyst at an, uh, an association and I was spending some time with some executive directors around the country. And what I particularly loved about this organization was that executive director gave me his undivided attention for days. Showed me what he was doing, showed me what he was building. Nobody called him in the middle of lunch. Um, He could have looked at his phone. He could have been checking his messages. I don't know when he did those things, but he didn't do them when I was on site with him. And that meant he trusted his team to do their job and put down the fire extinguisher. That, right, he built a team that he had the capacity to make investments in the future of his organization, in the future of his people. Um, And I think we've got a whole lot of people who measure their value by how desperately needed they are by by the people that work for them. And that is a terrible way to run a business. 
Wow. It's so interesting that you said that because I know someone who has a very good company, but yet, and, and it's running on all cylinders, but it almost seems like this person makes fires so that they can step uh-huh. in and fix the fires because it's going too smoothly. Is that what you're saying? Is that one of the ideas? Well, I think, I think that's one of them, right? If we measure ourselves by how many times our phone pings, then we create situations in which our phone pings. Which me and, and either we, we stirred up stuff that doesn't need to be stirred up or we don't trust the people to do their jobs. And as I think about this particular team, I mean, I've led different teams over time and this particular team that has what, what quintupled in six months, we've had conversations about, I am used to managing this stuff. I'm used to reading everything we give to a client. We are, I cannot do that. This team cannot get done the work that has to be done if I have to touch everything. So part of your job is telling me when to keep my grubby little fingers out of your hair and making sure like what systems can we put in place to manage the quality control that I know I don't have to touch it. And we did a lot of this team is going to proofread for that team. And that team is going to scan like, because if I have to touch it, it ain't going to get done. And we've delivered products that I I'm only slightly mortified to tell you there is one particular video that we produced. I haven't watched it. I still haven't watched it. It's October, mm, whatever. And it was had to be done by the end of September. I still have not had time to go back and, and watch a product we produced that was really important to the, the federal client we delivered it to. And you know what? I want to watch it because I'm sure it's great but I don't have to. You know what? It's so interesting, Julie, because the thing that comes across, and I'm keeping you over time and thanks so much, this has been really fascinating, is you're real. You know, it comes across. I mean, you're not a person that doesn't think that there's conflict. As a matter of fact, you believe that in conflict, there are opportunities and Mm -hmm. you're a big believer in having some difficult conversations and really building relationships with your client. And you have this thing that's really interesting. I just wanted to get into it. And pardon me for keeping you over time. I know I'm indulging I'm good if you are. a little bit. You say the world has never moved this fast before and will never move this slowly again. And of course, you know, you, you have a lot of clients in Washington, D.C. And of course, you do a lot of nonprofits as well. What do you mean about that? Let's talk about that dichotomy of pace. I mean, it's super interesting. I think there's... One of my favorite books is a book by Thomas Friedman. Thank you for being late. Um, and, and he talks a lot about this. For the first time in history, technology changes faster than we do. And that's why we feel like it's always uncertain. And that's not going away. So we've got to be okay with change, period. We just kind of have to be. And I think a lot of how we get stuff done is relationships. If I had a dime for every time I've had to say to somebody on my team who's under 40, pick up the phone. We don't negotiate by text message. We just don't. We don't. 
we can answer things, but we can't do complicated transactions that way. And if and we have to understand conflict happens. Some of my most important relationships are with leaders I d- disagreed with. And I have a friend who w- would like to say, used to say, well, you know, it's time to go slay dragons. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Tame them and use their power for the greater good, right? Like, why would you do that? And And for me, that's relationships come out of conflict. I can, you know, I've got two members of Congress and a governor that I took on over some things. And the relationships I have with, they happen to all be men. The relationships I have with those men were born out of me saying, but wait a minute. And then problem solving with how do we do that better? And yes, I'm lucky. I live in a place and all of that, but it's true of the executives we work with too. If you approach the problem as the problem and the separate from the people, then we can all work on solving the problem. Yeah. And I think that's what the pace requires of us, right? I think there's actually a big connection between those things. The faster things move, the more the relationships matter. Got it. I love it. Interesting. And for the younger entrepreneurs watching the show, I mean, Rewind this entire interview. I mean, fail forward fast. And then, you know, the fake busy, what Julie just said about, you know, picking up the phone. I mean, there used to be an old saying back in the day, again, I'm I'm showing how old I am. We used to say, pick up the phone. There's money on the line. I mean, you know, there's people that need your service and and pick that phone up. Stop hiding behind text. Yeah, Um, I love it. Stop hiding behind the text. In fact, go hop on an, the iLead Strategies website. It's really easy. There's a pop-up. You can even talk to me. My calendar is right there. I love it. I love it. You're walking the walk and talking the talk. Let's get back to the younger entrepreneurs before I let you go. I already know I'm going to have you back on the show. I might have to book you for a full hour. So much to unpack. Oh, cool. For, Thanks. Yeah. For the younger entrepreneurs that are having a tough time, maybe they're skinning their knees, maybe they're, you know, need to dust themselves off. Maybe they fell in a pothole or they don't know how to get through a Uh, a wall, they're really hitting a tough time. What advice can you give to the younger entrepreneurs watching the show? They might be older entrepreneurs. They're just having a tough time to keep on pushing and get through that tough time that they're facing today. I think entrepreneurship is, I mean, I'm the child of entrepreneurs in a lot of ways, I think. Um, So it feels normal to me. It doesn't feel normal to everybody in your life. I think, gosh, so many answers. Um, A, you do have all the jobs. And so you might want to treat yourself the way you would treat an employee, right? You don't beat up your employees. You beat yourself up. Cut it out. You don't have time for it. Um, Get some feedback that's not in your own head. You're probably better than you think. And you're probably doing better than you think. Um. You know, they say it's lonely at the top and you're at the top of whatever it is you're building because it is, there's one of you. So go find some peers who are in the same space. Get yourself a coach. If that's somebody like me, great. If that's not in your, in your space, then coach each other. Um, get out, you know, but get away from the echo chamber in your head. Wow. Great advice. I mean, I love it. And, and entrepreneurs, whether whether they're early in their journey or even uber successful down the path, everybody does have an echo chamber in their head. It's such a great way to put it. And 
And sometimes the echo chamber can play tricks on you. It's just like being out in the middle of the canyon. You hear that echo. You're not really sure what's going on and what, whether the echo talking to you is the right thing to listen to or not. I mean, I love it so much, Julie. This has been a great interview. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for coming on the dot-com magazine entrepreneur spotlight series today and sharing what you're doing at iLead Strategies and, and talking about leadership. And of course, the big word, organizational development, uh, Thank you so much. I mean, I've learned so much just listening to you today. And I know your clients get uh, just a great opportunity with you and your team. So thanks again for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.